0: Back to NBA talk on the KD Pod. Today's episode, it's it's been a while. I got Jared back with me. We're talking, obviously, Sixers and Celtics as we always do when I have Jared on the pod. But also, you know, catching up a little bit with the NBA playoffs and previewing the the conference finals and, and the finals going forward. So, Jared, what's up, man? How how we going? a tough
1: few weeks as a basketball fan. um, I was telling my friends, I think the Celtics game seven win actually made me more upset than the Sixers elimination. Um, I needed, I needed the Bucks to advance to make myself feel a little better, but that did not happen. Uh, Congratulations to all the Celtics fans. Um, And of course the Heat fans who I've heard a lot from recently. Um, And now we got a rematch of the 2020 bubble. Conference finals. So that's where we're at right now.
0: Exactly. And the teams are in a little bit different places respectively, which I th- is more exciting as a self expanded this, this time around. So let's just get right into it. Philly. So they they got into the playoffs. They were looking good. We were interested to see, you know, how indeed and Harden are gonna we're gonna interact. They, they were cooking Toronto through five games, four games or so. And then we saw the old Philly start to creep back in there, and B gets hurt. Doc Rivers starts to not be able to close out elimination games. And somehow they they snuck by Toronto and then they got to. Miami, and that's what we're talking about right now. I think the biggest thing in this whole series is indeed being hurt, not being himself. So what was your take on the whole series? And did you think Philly had a legitimate chance to beat the Miami Heat?
1: Yeah, it was funny. First few games of the Toronto series, obviously, were special. Um, You know, first two at home, they blew the Raptors out. Game three didn't play well, but Embiid hit that miraculous game winner. Uh, which you know, centers don't typically do that. Hit hit fading, uh, hit fading threes at the buzzer. So playoffs were at a high, and then, like you said, kind of snuck through at the end of the playoffs and sort of felt like they turned a corner in terms of um um became sort of mentally strong and got a huge away win game six in Toronto. And then the news of, of Embiid's, um, you know, face injury came into play and that kind of put a dimmer on the whole season. Um, I thought the first two games in Miami, um, it definitely showed, uh, Embiid's importance and it showed that, you know, at Harden state, he cannot, you know, bring you to the conference finals alone, which, um, you know, wasn't necessarily surprised by. And that's sort of a very, that's an extremely high bar, I would say. Uh, maybe a bar that he could hit when he was younger, but frankly, not anymore. Um, and yeah, really good to see them fight back and and bring it to to 2-2. Um, and yeah, I just, I guess going back to the trade a little bit, I definitely want to, um, you know, shout you out for predicting uh sort of a poor showing from harden that's certainly what he gave us especially in game six um you know took two shots in the second half uh completely sort of uh unexplainable i guess his lack of of sort of commitment and uh aggressiveness so certainly a frustrating end to the season um and we'll talk about sort of the future and, and what it looks like i'm definitely optimistic about the future um but yeah, sad sort of way to go out. Back to your original question. Sorry for that long rant. Um, I did think the Sixers had a really good chance um before the series. Um, I don't think the Miami Heat can score. I still don't think that. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler being their you know best option in the half court, um, didn't think would be enough. And yet, you know, he proved that maybe he can be that guy. We'll see. Um, but after Jimmy, I mean. It's just not much there in terms of scoring. And I think we've learned over the years that you really need guys to get you buckets in the half court. So I'm still skeptical of that team, um, but they proved they were the better team. And uh, yeah, got to give credit to Jimmy and, and the whole team for for making it happen because I didn't think they could do it, but clearly showed that, that they were better.
0: It was, it was a terrible situation for Phil. You know, not only, are they on this little downturn of injuries and, and flux and and maybe not the best matchup, you know, with the Heat and Bam being able to play out in the perimeter. But I, another key, key thing to mention is, sure, Embiid got hit in the face, broke his face, had to wear a mask. Huge adjustment for any player who's playing basketball to have to wear a mask and play through that. I mean, you we saw him, all on the ground, almost every other possession in the last like three, four games of, of the Miami Heat series, and it looked like he couldn't, he couldn't even see his own feet because of mask. And then the other, the, the real, the point I was gonna make was, he, he broke his thumb or something. He also had this huge shooting hand injury somewhere that got completely overshadowed by the concussion and face injury that uh, he looked like a shell of himself and it was a shame because, you know, he was playing the best basketball he had in his entire career. Um, I think he, he was right there for MVP. His team was just a little too good compared to Jokic's, you know, if Harden's hurt and Jamal Murray's healthy, I think Embiid gets the MVP, but it's tough. It, you, you said it yourself like Harden can't, bring a team along to the Eastern Conference Finals. Does that say more about Harden or the rest of the Sixers roster? I'm not sure. I think uh, Harden is not only declining physically, statistically, the rules are going against him, but he also just, he has almost like affluenza if that makes sense where he's he's gotten so big and so rich and so popular that you can see his commitment to playing hard his commitment to caring about winning is less than it was early in his career it's on a decline almost everything about James Harden is declining. And then, when you look at the rest of the Sixers roster. I, I, don't know what else there is to really like besides a Maxi. What, what else do you like? And, and don't tell me shake Miller.
1: Shake had a really hot fourth quarter when they were down 20, um, in the final <laughs> game, uh, your point about Harden, I think is a good one in terms of declining. I just wonder what goes through his head. Um, I can't imagine he wants to, you know, keep losing. Uh, He says he doesn't like read the media and I believe that he probably just goes off on vacations, but I imagine he wants to win a championship. I I know he talks about winning, wanting to win one. And of course, you know, the, the work will show if he actually wants to win one, but I I mean, I can't imagine this guy. He's a top 50 player. Let's say I don't think any of the top 50 guys really want to just go into the night. You know, I I'd hope he really wants to win a championship. I think he wants it. I I mean, they're not like, like we said, I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I think he can have fun and also work hard. So, I mean, of course he's, he's not a winner. Like, I mean, Chris Paul had a bad series, but I mean, I would say Chris Paul's a winner. LeBron James is a winner. All these guys are, you know, they, they put everything into their bodies. Um, incredible work ethic. Uh, you know, Harden would not be mistaken for one of those guys, but I, I do think, um, I, I'd hope he wants it. I, don't, I hope he doesn't just lie to everyone. I hope he actually wants to, to come back and have a better season um and i guess that's where my optimism comes from you talked about Embiid not having a good series you know next playoffs you'd expect him to play better simply because he is healthy um tyrese Maxey is 21 he'll probably stagnate a little bit next year i imagine he'll probably be similar to this year just because it's, it's just hard to keep making those rises um but i mean you're james harden 13 years in the league you've been top three MVP voting several years he knows he stinks right now he can look himself in the mirror and he knows I am not I am not at my level so hopefully that motivates him to get back to his level a little bit I mean I don't think he I don't think he's enjoying he can't be enjoying basketball right now Kyle right like like he he was so good for so long and he knows how good he is right and then and that was only let's say 16 months ago right when he was in Brooklyn he was he was cooking he was playing really well I can't imagine he's going to want to spend 6 7 months playing basketball not not being good like it it's I, like winning is more fun than losing like I'm sure he thinks that so and from from my understanding if he puts in work this summer he can get back to a point where you know he is an excellent basketball player again and and I'd imagine he wants that because it is fun to be really good at basketball I, I think it's simple as that. He was not having a fun playoffs because he stunk. Like, that's just what it is. He actually said after the Raptor series, which I wholeheartedly agree with because I've watched all of his playoff series very closely. He said the Raptor series was the most difficult series he's ever played in, which which sounds funny um, because it's a first round series and the Raptors don't have any stars. But they're all six seven six eight, and James has no burst right now. So he literally couldn't do a single thing on the floor basically in the entire first round. And I don't think he enjoyed that. I don't think he likes playing two weeks against this Raptors team, not being able to drive by. I just, I can't imagine he wants to do this again. And so, if it, if it's, uh, is if it's a, like, if it's a question, yeah, it's a question of if, if we think it's about work ethic, which plenty of people on TV say. I think you've also questioned it. I've questioned it. If it's simply a question about work ethic then I think he would, he would have the sort of smarts to understand. All right. Like, why don't I just put in a little bit more here in the summer and then basketball will be fun again for him. So that's what I'm hoping. Of course, you know, injuries, whatever, I don't know for sure. Like we don't know for sure, but it was, it really wasn't long ago when he was playing at a much higher level. Um, he talked about it after the presser. It made me smile so much because he said, he said, he's so excited for the summer because he didn't have a healthy summer last summer. And that's just music to my ears, obviously. I want to hear all about how he's working the summer. But he said he was yeah. excited. He said he was excited because he actually could play basketball this summer and work back into shape. And so that's what I'm thinking about. Um, and yeah, in terms of the money, uh, we can talk about it. We're not cap experts, but I don't think uh really matters how much money you're giving him. Um, as we said earlier, if he stinks, we're not winning a championship. So it is what it is. Go ahead
0: yeah let's 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 save that for a second um just want to get to get back to a a question before um so sorry the roster we like maxi i like maxi um you know who else i like fible i just don't he, he if he can like man you look at someone like grant williams on the celtics and if he can just transform a shooting and shoot high 30s from three Like he could be an incredibly valuable player in the league with his with his defense. That's and that's what they needed, frankly, of the series. And they just feel like they have no forwards. We see it with, uh, you know, a couple other teams. I'm, I'm blanking on it right now, but you need big wings in the playoffs, not even they don't have to be your primary scorers, but you at least have to have someone who can guard a Jason Tatum, a Jimmy Butler, a Jalen Brown, a Kevin Durant, a Giannis, a Chris Moulton. You have to have these guys that are six, eight plus, six, seven, six, eight plus, who can guard threes and fours. And if your best one is Danny Green, like that's, that's poor roster construction. And then you're just grasping for straws at the end of the bench with, with Fokan, Fokmaz and, and George's Niang and, and all these men. And so yeah who, who else, what else do you like?
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, I obviously agree the roster is not perfect. Um, I'm also a strong believer in the roster. Doesn't really matter if your best players are going. Um, I think if Embiid's healthy and obviously if, if Harden's even close to what he's become, you know, they advance in the series and we're never even talking about this. Not to say the roster is strong. Of course, it's not a strong roster. Um, we had the biggest wing and the most versatile defender on our team for five years. He was incredible. I loved watching him play. But he you know, simply wasn't you know, a playoff. Right he wasn't a playoff player. And, you know, I have supported this team when they've had excellent defenses, you know, top five defenses for several years. And every single time it came in the playoffs, Kyle, of course you need guys who can defend Jason Tatum, but you know, do you know what you actually need? You actually need Jason Tatum. You each, You actually need guys to go get you a bucket. So... Um, if we're comparing, if we have to pick, you know, the top five defense versus the top five offense, I'm always picking the offense. That's why I'm excited about this team going forward. Uh, with so many sort of, you know, three potential elite offensive talents, I'm excited about it. Um, Daryl Morey has his work cut out for him. I, I think you know, surrounding your three best players with two forwards that can defend and score. um, You know, Tobias Harris had a really nice playoffs. Um, obviously, an expensive player, but had a really nice playoffs. And I agree with you, you know, getting getting better defenders around them will help. Um, But I didn't feel their defense sort of was the issue this playoffs, considering they didn't really go up against, you know, they didn't go up against Tatum, Giannis, KD, Kyrie, any of these guys. Um, They went up against Jimmy Butler and he torched them a little bit, but uh, the offense was more the the biggest concern for me. And so, yeah, I'm not too concerned about the roster Um, focused on our best players playing well. And I think if they do play well, everything will sort of come into play. Yeah, the bench is I don't know. No no team has has an excellent bench, I'd say. Um, but when the stars are playing well, they make them look really good, I think. So that's how I view it. Okay. Okay.
0: So let's move let's move into Harden and this this extension. So I got I got Harden's uh, basketball reference pulled up here. So let's, let's look at the last last five years so seventeen, 18, they're the one seed in houston and he won the mvp i think he won the mvp yep he was he was 30 38 and 5 38 and 5 on 50 let's see 44 36 splits so solid but then you look at every year afterwards he goes from 30 well he goes into the end of the houston years he just starts launching launching like they trade away their center it's almost like broken basketball what they're doing over and in, over in houston anomaly stats he goes up to 36 a game then back down to 34 a game And he's putting up buckets. Are they winning? No. Is he performing the playoffs? No. Is it alluding to any success? No. So then he goes to, he, uh, you know, hoops all over Houston and demands his way way out. He goes to Brooklyn and he's 24 a game, 10 points fewer than his his previous year. Ten points here, an incredible drop. His assists go up, his shooting is still down. And he last year he's twenty two a game. And then this or this year he's twenty two a game, and now he's like barely over twenty points a game with Philly. And his shooting splits have only gone down. He's shooting thirty two percent from three this year with Philly, 32%. That means he's a below average three-point shooter in the league. He's below average. Sure, he's taking a lot of attempts. He's taking seven games. And then he's only shooting 44%. So he is a high volume, inefficient, declining player who is a great passer and a great playmaker you can't get to the line anymore. His free throw attempts per game, they were in they were in eleven twelve range in Houston, and now they're in seven eight range. So, are you going to give him five years, two hundred and fifty million dollars? are you going to pay him fifty million dollars a year? Yeah, just to
1: talk a little bit about his his stats. Um... I think he's still top three or four in you know, getting to the line. So, um, in the league, he's still top three or four, seven attempts a game is, is certainly below his standard, but it's still super high. Um, 24 well, games. Was in
0: the playoffs. That's, it, that's, was, that's it was, it was,
1: it was, yeah, it was low in the playoffs. And if we want to talk about playoffs, like certainly he's, he's struggled in the playoffs his whole career. Um, 22 a game is still you know nothing to sneeze out it's obviously nothing like what it was and i think Harden understands that i think he i think he realizes he's shooting 10 less attempts a game and he's making 10 less points um and so yeah i truly believe it is i mean it's hard you know some some people say it's work ethic and some people say it's age um i don't really believe it's age because we've seen just so many guys whether it's you know lebron cp steph's old now all these guys you know play into their mid to late 30s and do it well um obviously all those guys have incredible work ethic like we've mentioned before um but i think this i think there's enough science out there to allow him to sort of continue his reign of dominance and i think we'll look back and and sort of look at this year as um as a blip um, you know, mentioning the last few years, 2018 obviously won the MVP, 2019, um, average 36, Chris Paul was injured for a lot, um, definitely had a rough playoffs. 2020 was the bubble year uh, with Russell Westbrook, um, thought he was pretty dominant there as well. Um, and yeah, he's he's not a number one guy. He's not a guy that can bring you to the conference finals like he was in Houston, um but i guess what i'm optimistic about is i do believe he can be the best number two in the nba and that is what we're asking of him you know he's got to score the ball certainly more than he has the last two years um, but he is going to be the number two and that's how he's going to operate on this team um and i'm excited about that possibility when he was the number two in brooklyn they were absolutely incredible no one could beat them Uh, they'd still be together if not for injuries and they would probably have two or three titles i strongly believe that so um You know, I'm hoping he gets back healthy. Obviously that's the biggest, what if, but I genuinely look at this sort of decline as, um, a health thing. And obviously time will tell, um, I do think people will look back and, um, sort of, uh, yeah, reconsider all their takes because I do think it is an injury thing. And then of course the fact that he he's going to be the number two on this team. Um, I'm really excited to see, see what he looks like next year. And I'll be happy to come on this podcast if if he's the exact same player next year and say uh, I might have to reconsider. But uh, I'm holding out hope in terms of the money like we've texted about before. um, If it's 50 million or 30 million, um, you know, that's up to the Sixers to decide, Okay, will we have more flexibility if we only pay him 30 million? I mean, the obvious answer is yes, but I don't actually know how that works in principle. Um, Are we actually able to spend that 20 million? Because it's not, it's sort of complicated in that sense. Um, Is it worth pissing him off? Maybe not. All those things go into it. But I mean, whether it's 50 or 30 or 40, like I don't really care. I need him to come back and be a better player. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the most important thing.
0: So in terms of their cap, so right now, this year, you, you, with Philly, there's 47 million going to James. Your second highest paid player is Tobias Harris at $38 million a year. And then Embiid, by far your best player, significantly better than those two guys I just mentioned at $33 million with, you know, he's, he's not a huge deal, so he's got dollars left on his deal 230 million left on his deal so with with that right uh, there you have let me do some some quick math here but let's say you sign james harden to max which he's some all nba so you could
1: basically bump up you could make his you could bump up his salary like five or six million from the the 47 he's making right now basically
0: something Mm -hmm. like that So those three players take up 70% of your cap, which, you know, that's, that's okay. But when you have, when you have the, the playoff performances that you'll see from Harden and from Harris, if those are your two and three, you just said, you think James Harden can be the best number two in the league. I, I completely disagree. I immediately think Anthony Davis or LeBron, whoever's the number two there, is significantly better. Um, I think with Paul, any of Paul any of Paul George and why, any of like Curry, Draymond, um, you know, I'd even argue like Chris Paul, if he's the number two <laughs> at Booker, is better than James Harden, just because he'll, he'll actually make the right play in and get back in on defense in the fourth quarter of an elimination game. I think those are just unexcusable. It's unexcusable behavior for like a dude that's supposed to be leading the playoffs. I just think with James Harden, um, we're, we're obviously we have very different opinions on this guy.
1: I got the Harden rose colored glasses and you got the opposite yeah. of that. Yeah,
0: I, I just, I look at, so, so you're going to say next year, you're going to be like, he, he, I, I actually can see it. I can see him having a healthy offseason, being a little yeah. more motivated, coming back. I actually, I don't care what happens next season in the regular season for the Sixers. I, I actually don't, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Once you get to the playoffs is is one that, that matters. We just saw it. It was. We just saw it like, sure, and he gets this huge excuse because Embiid is hurt for this whole playoffs. But this was supposed to be a James Harden prove year. Every year is supposed to be a James Harden prove year in the playoffs. And every year in the playoffs, he disappoints. If you look at his biggest playoff performances, his biggest shot is against the Spurs when he was on OKC. And his second biggest playoff moment is blocking Lou Dort in the bubble. Like, these these are...
1: How of a play? How of a play? Though?
0: Huge play. If they lose there, <laughs> like, oh, my God, you know?
1: Yeah. No, listen, listen. I, I can't be confident in his playoff performances. Frankly, I can't. Like, there's a ton of guys you just can't be confident in. It's tough in the playoffs, obviously. And he's one of the, you know, biggest disappointments of all the stars. But a lot of guys haven't done it. You know, um, really
0: like the- to have that guy in your team that like is so unreliable. You, you no Yeah, I mean,
1: so gonna... Embiid was that guy for several years, uh, mostly because of the position he played and also just his skill level wasn't there. But you knew every season he'd come back and improve. And I think if you look at James in Houston, obviously his playoffs were disappointing. But every single year I think he improved on himself. Um and so I'm hoping, you know, that sort of exists. You know, he used to be a shooting guard, and then he turned himself into a Pure point guard basically. Um, never shot the ball well, but continually increased his scoring. Defense improved every year in Houston, um, mostly because of the guys around him, but he was locked in on that end for a little bit. Um, and Embiid was that guy for a long time, where you know, every playoffs he'd sort of disappoint, uh, mostly because of other factors, but whatever. Um and yeah, it certainly is, you know, it's a question of, yeah, do I trust these guys in the playoffs? Are they gonna break my heart every year? Um But yeah, I just, I just love, I just love my three best players. And I think every fan should love their three best players. And I mean, it's just as simple as that to me. I mean, my brain maybe tells me something different than my heart, but I just love the, I love my three best players. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm waiting for the time when, when he, he proves me. Right. And it may never come. That's for sure.
0: If I was a Philly fan. My my dream scenario would have been to have signed Jimmy Butler after they lost to Toronto, not re-signed Tobias service and traded Ben Simmons for whoever. It could have been Harden. That I don't know if that mixture with Butler would have made sense. I don't think it would. Not sure.
1: 2019 Ben Simmons gets you 2019 James Harden, but keep going yeah. regardless. Regardless. Yeah.
0: So. Let's, let's say whoever that is, whoever they got Ben Simmons for some younger pieces, you know, some, some wings, whatever, Jimmy Butler is the opposite. He is the epitome of like the opposite mentality of James. He's
1: actually the opposite because Jimmy Butler averages like seven shot attempts a game for six months of the season. And I couldn't stand watching him. And we're going to compare the 2019 team to this team. I said it all. Playoffs, regardless of how it went out, and you can call me crazy, but I was so much more confident in this team. Next year's team, I'm so much more confident in. And I mean, Jimmy Why? just proved me. Jimmy just proved me wrong. He averaged Why? like 35. I just don't trust him. I just don't trust him to score the basketball. And he um,
0: just gave his team 40 and oh, no, and and, kicked him yeah. out of playoffs.
1: Yeah, no, he and he's an absolute winner. There's there's actually no there's no A real winner. reason exactly. there's no there's no real reason I should. I should want James over Jimmy. But um I said it over and over this year. This is clearly to me Embiid's best uh sort of co-star, if we're gonna call him a star. And um he didn't show it this year for sure, but um and I'm sure Embiid doesn't think that right now. I know he doesn't think that, but we'll see how it goes. Uh definitely a lot of mistakes were made in the last four or five years they've made, they've lost in the second round for the last five years. And I can, you know, sit here and say I was the most confident in this team. I will be super confident in next year's team. And, um, yeah, I guess that that's just, this is just my, this is just my flaw. I just, I can't, I can't see through this, I guess.
0: Okay. I think can't, yeah. can't
1: convince me otherwise. You just can't convince I, me.
0: So. I think okay. We've, I think we've dug, we've dug enough on the fixtures. Yeah, um, we've exhausted so. it. I'll then the ball is in my court with the Boston Celtics. I, I want to be quick. I could go on forever. Um, so, their playoffs, they beat the Nets, who were, uh, you know, a terrible roster construction. I look at them and I look at the Lakers and I look at two just horrendous uh, general managing jobs in terms of. Playoff roster construction, and they they got through the Nets pretty easily because of defense. They were able to defend, and the Nets could not could not defend anyone. They're trying to play three point guard. Lineups with Jason Tatum at the three, getting guarded by Patty Mills. It's never going to work. Which I thought it was surprising. I thought the Nets were going to give them way more problems. They ended up sweeping them. They go to the second round, and they have Milwaukee. Giannis, Uh, Giannis is, he has that same like energy, Jimmy Butler, just that like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch you in the mouth every time I touch the ball. And in the playoffs, if you could repeat that over and over and over and over and over, that makes you the toughest player to play against in, in, in all basketball. So that's, that was scary, but Chris Milton was out, right? And it was a dogfight of a series, man, just, holy oh, man, it was, it was a great series. But I think the story of the whole thing was three-point shooting. And I think that's a, a huge theme for this entire year and this entire wave of modern basketball. We saw it in the game seven of Dallas and, and Phoenix. People are going to get their threes up. And if you can start getting a rolling like a 20 point lead is nothing, but also blowing a team out by 40 in the playoffs is also very possible. I think it kind of sucks for basketball too. Like we saw in, in Golden State and Memphis, I think Memphis was hitting the threes and they won by 60 or something in a playoff game. That's insane. And we, and in, game seven is the perfect example in boston i was nervous thought yadis was gonna have that you know lebron james on the heat game six in boston type look in his eye but the celtics just launched threes and they took the most threes out of any game playoff game ever or something and they made the most they were 20 for 50 on threes grant williams took 18 threes in a game like this is absurd so i think that was the story of it. it was it was three-point shooting what yeah what did i go ahead
1: yeah the bucks defense is uh fascinating they you know they protect the paint at all costs they don't care if you shoot as long you know so at some points it was getting ridiculous um when they would do a you know, drop on tatum picking rolls, and just let them get comfortable it just made no sense obviously i think leaving the other guys open uh you know sort of a psychological play i think it makes sense and i think mathematically they've obviously worked it out to where they're okay with giving up a ton of threes to the role players um and you know you play the series 100 times with middleton the bucks probably come out on top a lot of them um and so i don't i don't necessarily think their defense was was the issue obviously the Bucks just couldn't score the ball and a lot of that has to do with the Celtics defense for sure uh but their defense is just fascinating you know just consistently wide open threes wide open threes um and I was watching with my I was watching with my friend who doesn't watch a ton of basketball and he was like on the edge of his seat for every three like make or miss and I was just like you got to relax like there's going to be 53s put up in the next hour and a bunch of them like you know, it's all, it's, it's almost all shooting luck to an extent, you know, they're all trying to hit the shots, but it's just going to come down to, you know, who hits these, but, but there's just like, I guess my friend was freaking out after every make or miss, but I was just like, don't worry, like literally the next possession, they're going to get a wide open three. Uh, cause that was the Bucks defense. And so yeah, a fascinating way, a fascinating way to play defense. Um, and I think they're a little bit unique in that. Um, I remember a stat from two years ago that the top three defenses were Miami, Boston and Milwaukee. And the three of them were giving up the the most threes in the nba the top those top three teams so um it seems to work for the most part obviously it backfired a little bit with the bucks but um, they obviously like their strategy plenty fun. So, so it was a fascinating sort of a tactical battle i think
0: also there's a huge difference between uncontested and contested threes the the bucks in game seven were not contesting threes they just had i think their game plan was to let Grant Williams, just launch him and, and take 20, we think you're going to make six, five or six and you shoot 30% and we're going to, we're going to win from it or whatever. And, and the bucks, it's fun. He doesn't make adjustments. He has this tendency to just be stubborn and do what he does, and, you know, stay in drop coverage, stay in these philosophies that have worked for them all year, but never really seemed to, I mean, of course, they just won the championship, so that changes everything, but, you know, he's just a little stubborn. A lot, a lot of times it'll bite you in the butt, and then when you do have a stubborn coach, like Bud, like Doc Rivers, it's so easy to blame them if they don't make adjustments. Um, but going back to the Celtics, you know, as a Celtics fan, I think my one message would be, Where did this come from? For the last three years, I've been so disappointed by the Celtics. Like, I've just, I thought they were soft. I thought they were disconnected. I thought there was no leadership. You know, all these things that you heard from the Celtics, like, they can't, they can't come through in the clutch. Just completely changed halfway through the year. I mean, we all know Jalen Brown, put out a tweet, said the energy's going to change. And he couldn't have been more right like they're tough now and they're resilient and Tatum stepped up that was his best game of his career game six he single-handedly beat the Bucs you know didn't miss a shot in the second half or something and had 46 points I was used to Tatum bringing his dribble up here in the fourth quarter and try to cross over through two guys and turn that that ball over. This was just such an amazing experience in Celtics. It felt like every problem in the past that had been going on was fixed. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's a coach, I don't know this or that, but it went from like, is Marcus Smart a point guard? Yeah, he's a point guard now. Is, is Al Horford like too small as like a center to play those sentiments? 30 points in a game. You know, it was Tice trash played well? Is Derek White all the, all these things like incredible? I thought it was incredible as a Celtics fan to watch, yeah. and all without Rob Will, dude, who's most unre- unreliable X factor in the playoffs, wasn't really playing. So having him coming back back against the Heat, I feel pretty good. And and I got to tell you this as a as a uh, backstory. So before the playoffs, I was looking at gambling odds and it was like, it was uh, like odds to win the finals and it was Milwaukee and Brooklyn and Phoenix and all these teams and then I really liked the heat. I really think the heat are very good. But then I was like oh, I'll bet on the heat but I have to bet on the Celtics too. So. Celtics and Heat each to win the finals were plus a thousand odds or something like twenty bucks to win three hundred or something. So I put twenty bucks down on both the Celtics and the Heat to win the final. There, there you go, baby. There you go. And they're they're looking pretty good. I think the, the Celtics bet I put twenty beans down. It would get me sixty five right now if I cashed out. And then the Heat is, yeah. is pretty good too. So my bet's yeah. looking pretty good. But uh, before
1: before we talk about these two teams, yeah, obviously want to say congratulations to to Celtics fans. Um, I think it's sort of a testament to, you know, you have a lot of good players, you draft well and you just you just hang in there. You know, I think I think the Sixers, the Sixers can can learn a little bit. Just keep your guys hang in there, you know, obviously make the right decisions for sure. And I think, you know, Brad Stevens making the decisions to get rid of Richardson and Schroeder certainly helped um to sort of define their identity a little bit um that kind of that kind of flipped the switch but i mean it's not it's not a new it's not really new things it's the same guys you know smart tatum brown have been there five six and or sorry six seven and eight years now respectively i mean it's the same core it's the same group of guys and so yeah it must be awesome feeling uh considering how bad the beginning of the year was and now you're certainly in the driver's seat. Um, yeah, the the, the Heat-Celtics is going to be fascinating. Um, you obviously have two teams. I think the two teams that switch the most in the whole NBA. Um, I remember last year in the first round, the, the nets Celtics series, the first round, I think it was in five, the Harden-Kyrie-Tatum series. Um, they called that the switch series because both teams were just so lazy. They just switched everything. Uh, this is not two lazy teams, but it's two teams that switch so much. Uh, especially especially if Lowry's out there. Um so it'd be interesting to see if it's just, you know, seven games of just switching every ball screen and you know, seeing how many guys can can hit pull-up ISOs. Um, but as a Celtics fan, I certainly would not be worried. I'm obviously biased, but um, you take away Jimmy, uh, which I think you guys will be able to do pretty well. I'm guessing smart will be on him a bunch. Um, would not be too concerned with that team. Um but yeah it's it's certainly i i think the teams are very similar obviously defensively they're almost identical you could say by the exact same way so yeah. uh interested to see how how that one goes what what do you think about it
0: so, so you say you say you worry about the, the heat's offense right you think it's jimmy butler and then uh you know they gotta figure it out after that
1: yeah yeah yep, that's how i feel
0: i you know i i kind of disagree because i think i think they have a combination of Two of the things you need in the playoffs you need almost like a system and a way to move the ball that will generate offense and then you need that one guy who can take the ball handle it and do a little better everything at the end of the game can make the
1: they have the they playoffs, have both of those play. things I just I just they don't do. like i I just don't think either are like excellent but they obviously have the they got the on you know split screen action stuff with Bam and and duncan yeah. they got that um which the Celtics will completely uh, get them out of, I think, with with
0: switching, um, and, and they, then, yeah. They have this sixth man of the year who loves to kill the Celtics off the bench. That's some instant- Drogic's not, Drogic's Drogic's not
1: there, though. Drogic's not there, though.
0: That's a great point, and that's,
1: I'm very happy about
0: that Celtics fan. He was kind of cooking them Cooking the Celtics in Game One and Game Two against on the Nets, which I was like, "Of course." Yeah, this,
1: turn, turns out turns out drogic Patty Mills, and Seth Curry can't share the floor in a playoff game. Though. That's
0: what. Nah, happens. with with Kyrie in there too. I don't, <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: Ky, nah. Kyrie at Kyrie at the four. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So you're so you're a little you're a little nervous about their offense.
0: The Heat. Yeah. I I, I think I'm a little more um rosy on it than you are. I think I yeah. like. I like their I like Bam as a playmaker, just that you know the split action stuff and the dribble handoffs with shooters. I like Struess as as kind of a finishing option. And then the whole reason why I bet on them to begin the year or to to begin the playoffs is is Victor Oladipo. Like this is a former All Star, two years out of. Being in an all star game, sure he got hurt, sure he called this squad tear, huge in- injury. He stepped up huge against who was it? Who they play in the first round? Um, the eight seed, uh, Atlanta. He stepped up huge, huge against Atlanta when Kyle Lowry's out, which he's going to be out again for game one. He, to have him as a two-way player coming off the bench or starting along with all the all the other stuff they have kyle i was going to hurt be hurt sure but you know jimmy butler amazing pj tucker huge huge addition he is going to give tatum problems i guarantee it. he his job is just to be like a six five Pat Bev and just get in his head and i think you know that, that, might be able to do that. They they have options, man. They have they have a lot of options. And Struess is he's that white dude for the Heat that's actually big enough to not get picked on in on defense. Like Duncan he, he kinda stole Duncan's spot and then came with like twenty five extra pounds of muscle and
1: he's that makes good. him yeah. that he's, makes he's him literally- be able to finish the game. He's literally Duncan, but better. And the yeah. funny thing is, they obviously, you know, grow, grow these guys on trees, but it's like
0: he's on a Celtic you, he, last year. Was Isn't he? that crazy? Yeah, I don't he's even
1: know. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's like if you know you grow these guys on trees, why are you giving the first one 90 million dollars, right? Like it just that seems like a, like it's crazy. But yeah, he's he's so Struce is so impressive. Obviously, gives you everything Duncan gives you slightly less slightly less shooting I'd say but yeah it's just so such a good sort of all-around player you know defensive position fine he's like 6-8 but actually strong like you said um yeah I love him and they're a deep team for sure um and you're kind of selling me on maybe maybe they have a better shot than I think um but I mean the split action stuff when you don't have Steph Curry coming around the the screens and stuff it's just slightly different and I think you know your the Celtics switching scheme will be able to get him out of a ton of stuff and I think you'll like how a lot of the possessions end, which is Jimmy in the mid-range, and obviously if he hits them, they may be winning a lot. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I'd be confident if I was the Celtics. You got, you know, I I trust I trust their two ISO guys better than than Butler Butler's ISO game. So we'll see if that manifests itself at all.
0: Yeah, I feel good as a Celtics fan. I also I also like the Heat a lot. So I think it's I think it's going to be a great series um yeah i think a big factor is i just love to see say this for all the Miami fans like the heat fans for home games suck like they're coming in like late first quarter you know white jeans and like traffic a open, traffic open white oh yeah yeah sure and and then they they go out to halftime they don't come back for the fourth quarter like it says a sellout arena and there's it looks like a, a January game in like India, you know, it, it looks like an empty gym and the garden the TD, will TD be,
1: garden rocks. It rocks.
0: Yeah. yeah. It will never, ever be like, you know, my, so. I got I, t- I got te- Yeah.
1: I got a text from a heat fan after the series. And I was just so like, I didn't know anyone, obviously I don't have friends, but that are heat fans. But I was just like, I didn't know they were Heat fans at all, you know. It's just like crazy that I got text from Heat fans. I was like,
0: yeah.
1: I was like, I had no idea you guys cared, but yeah.
0: So let's let's do our picks. I mean, we could get into the Western conference, but that's that's a whole other that's a whole another discussion. I yeah, wanna yeah. I wanna we, we've been going for a little while. Um anyway, so let's let's conclude with uh finals picks and then you know. Who in how many games in the finals?
1: Yeah, I think uh the Heat, the Celtics, and the Warriors are my three least favorite teams in the whole NBA. So I've been texting people. Yeah. I'm in a, I'm in an absolute hell right now. Uh Luca sort of wow. Luca sort of saved me from maybe not watching any of the games. No, I think I'll watch all the games. Um I think the Warriors and the Celtics will both win in six. Um, I guess that's sort of my my pessimism too, you know, how much I sort of dislike both of them, but I think they probably both are the better teams um, and yeah, I guess I gotta go with the Warriors. I just think they're super, their starting five is just really, really good. Um, and I guess I trust Steph and Draymond. They've just done it so many times. I, it's, it's so hard to bet against them. I'm sure LeBron's gonna tweet about it, how hard it is to bet against the Warriors. Cause I mean, they just done it for so long. So I guess I'd say Warriors over the Celtics in seven. Um, but as people have been saying definitely don't no one feels good about any of these picks
0: right now wow yeah i that's a very fair pick i would i see your thinking there mine i think whoever wins take your squad come on
1: take your your squad come on
0: whoever whoever wins in the east is going to win and the warriors are going to make it. so i think it's going to be the warriors against the winner of the east and the the east is going to win in six or seven and you know, I gotta pick the Celtics. I I got to. I, I don't I really wanna be objective in this pick. You know, I think the Heat are very good, but the Celtics, I think I think it's gonna come down to who's the best player in the series. Is it Tatum or is it Jimmy Butler? And then it's also gonna come down to who's who's gonna be the second best player on each team. Can Bam put up 23 10 and 8 like each game they might win if he does that but if he's you know kind of just playmaking, being passive who who else is going to step up for them you know is it going to be old depot scoring 25 game i don't know it's going to be this so i would go six celtics and six warriors and five i think the warriors are going to actually crush the the mavs i think Luca, they should just trap Luca. They should just double team him and dare everyone else to beat him. Um, they played against
1: they played against Harden's teams from for like five years. It's the exact same team with a better with a problem a better star, but the system's identical. So I think they'll be ready for it. Yeah,
0: yeah that's a yeah, it's a great comparison because Luca the Luka amount, has of, that same amount of same amount
1: yeah and the amount of I just have to say it. I was watching the Mavs game seven. I hadn't watched the whole series. The amount of times they dribbled the ball and had zero pass possessions and i know they're up 30 but and and they were scoring every time and i loved it you know i don't need ball movement i don't care just go get a bucket but like oh my god like every possession it's either brunson or dinwiddie dribbling the ball at the floor zero passes and i was just like wow like i've seen this before this was literally what the rockets used to do so i'm definitely rooting for them to go all the way um a little tidbit before we finish and sorry for cutting you off the heat and the, the warriors have identical records. So I don't know what the tiebreaker would be um, for who has home court in that series. Celtics have the worst record uh, to the Warriors. So they would be on the road for for four games. And that's that's how they do it, best record? So yeah, I think, yeah, th- yeah. Best record for every series, just gets home, yeah.
0: Either way, I mean, you know, it'd be nice if it was Celtics and Sixers as a... Uh, It'd be, that'd be a cool final four. But I think what we got now is, man, it's exciting. Like some parody in the league. You know, Milwaukee's a little tough to watch sometimes with, with Giannis, he's just, I don't know. If you're not rooting for him, he's just kind of overpowered. Like he's he's just like a, a cheat code. I think it's, it's some new teams. The Warriors are back in it. Everyone loves the Warriors. Everyone loves Steph Curry. I think it's great for basketball. Everyone loves Luca. Maybe not Lil Wayne, but everyone loves Luca. And I think Luca, you know, you make the Harden comparison, but I think Luca's already surpassed Harden. He's already yeah. much, not, not even just now as a player, just like his whole career is going to be so, so much better than Harden just because of his.
1: Yeah, no, no, I Whatever just it like styl- stylistically, you know? stylistically and the team. The team stylistically was just very reminiscent. But yeah, yeah, no, no denying
0: I, that. I completely agree. So all right, so that's that's where we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, we I got Celtics in six, and you got Warriors in seven. And they're both we got the same matchup. So
1: there we go. It'll be the right. first first set of games I'll root for the Warriors all year. So
0: I can't wait lock it in so all right thank you for coming on jared as always and this has been uh nba talk on katie